Live from the Mecca, Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets biblical Christianity face to face. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. We thank the true and living God for allowing us to participate in this, his ministry. And may he be with you and us tonight. Sundays we meet for church. We call it campus. 10 a.m. is milk. We're studying Matthew uh, verse by verse. 2.30 is meat. We're going through Romans verse by verse. Show up. Go to www.campus.com for more information. Also on Sundays, AM 820, uh, the Truth Radio here in Salt Lake Valley plays uh, Heart of the Matter from 1 to 2 p.m. So if you're bored, uh, tune in. AM820 is a great a Christian radio station here uh, in Utah, so check them out. Finally, every Monday night at the downtown Salt Lake Denny's, we hold a, a women's Bible study. Starts at 7 p.m. Join the women folk to learn more about the most correct book on the face of the earth, the Bible, and find uh, sistership also at the same time. Um, last week, we received a call from a man named Robbie who would not for the life of him answer a question. Uh, Robbie claimed that Mormonism is Christian when he first started talking and you have to understand Christianity is founded on some basic core tenets or belief. Uh, one is salvation to a Christian means uh, when you die you live with the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit again. You live with them then. There aren't a bunch of kingdoms. It's absent from the body, present from the Lord. It's heaven or hell. Okay, so that's salvation. And that is salvation is granted by grace through faith on the blood of uh, Jesus Christ alone. And the third is there is nothing that a person can do. Add to, take away from the finished work of Christ on the cross on our behalf. When Robbie called, he laid claim to being Christian. He said, I'm a Christian. And as a Mormon, he even used the term grace when he explained his uh, Christianity to fortify his claims. So I asked Robbie a question over and over and over again. Uh, does an active Latter-day Saint who has been through a Mormon temple have to wear their garments in order to please Heavenly Father and live in his kingdom after this life? Having been LDS and having gone through the temple uh, many times, uh, I can tell you that the answer is absolutely unequivocally yes. All other answers are just spin. So, temple attending Mormons uh, covenant before God in the temple to wear their garments both day and night. And uh, to not wear them would be breaking the promise that they've made in that temple to God. And this would not be living worthily. And therefore, Robbie knew the answer to that question but wouldn't give it. Well, Robbie got so anxious or something, he wrote a letter to the uh, Logan Herald and uh, examiner, this is what Robbie's letter said. Uh, Recently, I talked with a preacher on a local television who claimed Mormons were not Christian and proceeded to denigrate their methods of worship. I tried to explain I was uncomfortable with him casting the Latter-day Saint, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in such an ugly light as he had, and I further declared we worship Jesus and believe it is only through His grace by virtue of his atonement, that we are brought back to our Heavenly Father, end quote. First of all, Robbie states that we, meaning the LDS, worship Jesus. Uh, this is absolutely not true. It's a, it's, a, it's a lie in paper, in print, that Robbie, a Mormon, wrote his name there, uh, said. It's a lie. They believe Jesus and the Father are two separate and distinct beings, and they only worship the Father, 
Uh, then he wrote, and we believe it is only through his grace, by virtue of his atonement, that we are brought back uh, to our Heavenly Father. Um, it was to this statement that I took exception to Robbie's call, and the, his letter to the editor continued. It said, the pastor gave indication he did not believe that this was our position. Furthermore, he asked me a question I felt I could not answer with a simple yes or no. The question concerned our sacred worship in temples. I do not wish to start down the path of publicizing anything sacred, but touching on only one point concerning a somewhat outward sign of an inward conviction, wearing clothing that we honor. Um, I have no idea what that paragraph even says. That, I mean, it's just, I mean, I've read it several times and it's just, it's just blammer. It's just, just stuff to say, uh, but it seems like it took uh, form in Robbie's attempt to really say uh, that temples are sacred, so I couldn't say yes or no. I don't know what the paragraph meant. Okay, and then he goes on. His question was whether, my question was whether or not a person can get to heaven without wearing this clothing. In answer to his question, I cannot provide a simple yes or no, but I will try to explain what I believe. Now, here Robbie slips into the Mormon mode of saying, I refuse to answer your question with the truth, because if he answered it with the truth, it, it would implicate his faith as not being Christian, and he knows it. So he says, what I'm going to do is share what I believe. It's a great little cop-out that Latter-day Saints use in dialogue with uh, people. This is what I believe. Who gives a rat's rear end what you believe? What does Mormonism teach? That is always the question. What you believe is absolutely not even part of the, of the discussion. I believe in a lot of things. They do not reflect my being a Christian. What you believe relative to your church is ridiculous unless it echoes what your church teaches. You have to understand that. So if you hear Latter-day Saints say, this is what I believe, say, don't tell me what you believe. I don't care what you believe. What does your church teach? That's really important in the apologetic discussion. But listen to Robbie's reasoning and logic. Uh, it is typical of wordsmithing that the LDS do when they try to uh, rationalize or justify their non-biblical ideas and doctrines and practices. Ready? This is what he wrote. Many people wear a ring on their left finger, typically signifying they are in a committed marriage relationship. Marriage for most religious people is considered sacred, a covenant relationship with God. If they do not wear their wedding ring after marriage, there may be multiple reasons, the nature of their job, physical limitations, lack of funds to replace the lost ring, etc. However, if a married person removes their ring because they plan to contradict their marriage vows, that person is in the process of rejecting their commitment to God and thereby logically jeopardizes the state of their well-being with God. In this case, the ring was not the commitment, but it was the tool to support the commitment. The same is true for those who have made covenants with God in temples. Part of keeping temple covenants is maintaining the reminder of those commitments by wearing what are considered sacred clothing. If someone commits to God with real intent that they should do all they can to keep the commitment uh, in order to enjoy the expected results. If they err and sincerely want to come back to their commitment, there is repentance. I don't... In short, I cannot say yes or no to the original question. It obviously depends on intent. What? Huh? 
What this guy did was he said when a couple gets married and they exchange rings, uh, he likens that to Latter-day Saints wearing garments to remind them of the covenants that they made in the temple. The problem with the analogy is when a couple gets married and they exchange rings, unless it's part of their vows, they don't promise to wear the ring day and night. They don't believe that that ring, like, like Lord of the Rings, protects them from evil powers either. Okay, Mormons believe that wearing those actually has a protective element to it and they promise to wear them day and night. This is why when you start getting people, see Robbie, he decided I'm going to address this issue in the public forum of a newspaper so I can get all this out and act like I know what I'm talking about. But bottom line, he is still obfuscating the truth. And the truth of the matter is, if you're a Latter-day Saint, you must not just believe on Jesus and have faith in his shed blood. You must wear the garments. You must go through the temple. You must uh, have the priesthood if you're male. You must be baptized by someone holding the proper authority. You can only receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands by one of their guys who has the proper priesthood authority. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must until you bust. And this is Mormonism. And this is what we fight against. We have callers call in like Robbie, all soft and lilty, sing song. Sean, I don't like the way you're talking. We're Christian, Sean. And they have this song, but when you get down to the facts, they can't hold up. Uh, Robbie, uh, if garment wearing is a merely a symbol and not requisite to pleasing God, why didn't you just say so? Why didn't you just say so? You know why. And it is this very type of Mormon manipulation that makes dealing with them so difficult. Hey, I have a bumper sticker idea. You ready? Derek, get ready to focus in. Are you ready? I have a, this is what the bumper sticker should say. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Aren't you getting it? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Can you read it? Joseph Smith. Myth. I think God gave him that name for a reason. Can you see it? Ooh. It's Joseph, his name, uh, Joseph's Myth, M-Y-T-H. Bumper stickers, everybody in Utah, get them made. Joseph's Myth. Okay. And with that, how about a moment from the Word? Last week we left off in uh, John chapter 8, Jesus said, you are from beneath, talking to people, I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. We covered that last week, and in the next verse, he says something that's even more important in the Mormon Christian debate. Listen, verse 24, he said, I said therefore unto you that you will die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am you shall die in your sins, end quote. Again, Jesus said to these Jewish leaders, if you don't believe that I am, you will die in your sins. One of the big claims Mormonism makes today, like old Robbie did last week, is we are Christian, we are Christian. When pushed on this, they often say, I mean, his name is in the name of our church. How could you not say uh, that we are Christian? Is having the name in the title of a church enough to make 
a belief system Christian? I think what Jesus says here gives us an inclination to the answer. Notice that Jesus doesn't say to the Jews, if you don't believe in me, if you don't believe that uh, I came to do what I said I would do or that prophecy said I would do, uh, you will die in your sins. But he says to them specifically, if you don't believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Why did he say it this way? In the previous verse, he had just explained that they were from beneath and he was from above. That is telling them, I am from God. I'm from heaven, okay? And that difference differentiates between me and you. I am God. You are of this earth. That's the first thing. But then he says, and if you don't believe that I am, remember, I came from heaven, you're of this earth, you will die in your sins. Why I am? When Moses was about to go into Egypt after 40 years in the desert, he, he's talking to God and God says, uh, Moses go into Egypt and he says, what do I tell these people that your name is when they ask me? And Exodus th uh, 3.14, God says, I am that I am. And he said, thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Uh, to the Jews, this name I am translated in the, uh, transliterated really from the Hebrew into the English is I am is the God who has always been, is, and the God that shall be. The God Almighty by whom all things have their existence. The God of mercy, mindful of my promise. That's what I am transliterated into the English means. I am the God who has always been, will always be, and shall be. Back in the New Testament, when in a heated discussion with the Jews, Jesus says something to the Jews where they all gather up rocks and they want to stone him on the spot. What does Jesus say to them as he's having a dialogue with them about Abraham and them saying Abraham is our father? Jesus says to them, before Abraham was, I am. And the Jews picked up rocks to kill him because he, used, he said before Abraham existed, I have always existed. I am God in the flesh. And they picked up rocks at that point in time to kill him. Yes, the LDS have the uh, name Jesus Christ in the title of the church. But do they believe that he is the God that has always been and is and shall be the God Almighty by whom all things have their existence, the God of mercy, mindful of the promise? No, they don't. And as a result, some of them, most of them, many of them, all of them, I don't know, run the risk of dying in their sins. Because of you, we are able to stay uh, on the air, do this program and other things. Uh, we are grateful for the support that you give. Listen, uh, prayers, vitally important. The most important thing that you can do on our behalf is pray for us. God makes all things happen, and so your prayers are needed. Telling people about the program is very important. Write your family, friends, neighbors, tell them everywhere about the program on hotm.tv. And finally, if led and if in a position, that means no widow's mites, again, no one's struggling to make ends meet, no. No widows who are sending in their money, to, no. But if you're in a position, and if God so leads you, then financial support's also appreciated. Check this out. Hello. Um, you know what, let's uh, begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we, uh, we praise you and thank you for uh, this time to be on the air and to uh, uh, seek truth. We pray you will open eyes and ears and hearts as we uh, go about this uh, tonight. 
and that you'll be with our uh, staff, volunteers, technical difficulties, technical issues. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we are taking a departure, one week departure uh, from our investigating into the contents of the Book of Mormon because of the presence of a very special guest. A few weeks ago, Derek uh, uh, emailed me uh, of a new church that was forming and meeting here in town. Uh, I was intrigued uh, by the information that he sent. The church is called the uh, Church of Latter Days and was formed by James Johnson, who is our guest tonight. James, welcome. welcome. Good to see you. I, I appreciate the invite. You're, you're very welcome. Now, uh, I've just, I met James over uh, the phone. He lives in Vernal now. That's correct. And uh, we had a phone conversation, and then uh, earlier before the show, we sat down and talked. James, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm 52 years of age. I've lived in Vernal pretty much all of my life, about 40 years. Um, I'm a disabled oil field worker, and um, I work part-time as a sales clerk. And um, so, and you've been married? I was married, yes. I was married for 20 years and, and then uh, divorced. And what about your religious history? Your childhood? Yes, I was brought up in a, a Lutheran home. Uh, I was baptized into the Lutheran church as an infant and attended the Lutheran church uh, through my childhood. And then when I got married, um, we attended the Christian Church and the Baptist Church, and um, and I held firmly to those beliefs. And then, um, eventually, after my divorce, um, I became interested in other religions because I became curious, you know, which religion is correct, just like Joseph Smith did. Um, so I studied a little bit about the Catholic religion. Uh, a little bit about uh, Jehovah's Witness um, and the LDS also. And um, then I met a gentleman that um, took the time and we would go uh, compare scripture in the Bible and the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and I came to find out that my Baptist beliefs were very close to my, um, uh, to what the LDS beliefs were. Um, but it all became very confusing to me. Okay. And so I prayed to God one time and I said, you know, God, um, uh, it's, it's getting very confusing. I think I'll just stand with my um, Baptist beliefs. A and, um, and then she introduced me to that gentleman. And um, so then I started to attend the LDS church also. Okay. So you had, you had uh, exposure to Mormonism, you looked at Jehovah's Witness, Catholicism, you were raised a Lutheran, you went to the Baptist church. Yeah. Uh, so you had a lot of uh, Christian basis under your belt. Yes. So tell us what happened then uh, that led you to becoming a prophet. Well, um, in 1988, I was coming home from the oil wells, um, coming home from work, and it was a perfectly clear morning. And off the side of the highway was a burning bush. And so I drove my truck out to it. Um, and I got out and I expected God might speak to me. Um, but nothing was said. And I just stood there and watched this bush burn. 
And um, then in uh, 1995, I awoke one morning to go to work, and there was a female angel standing at the foot of my bed. And um, so I told my wife about it, and she thought that was interesting, my wife at the time. And then it was about a month later, I was laying in bed uh, getting ready to um, uh, go to work, and I, I, I felt something touch my hand, and so I opened my eyes, and there was a, a female angel, her hand was, her right hand was on my right hand, and she was touching me, and then it was gone, but I could see directly through her, I could see through her when she appeared at the foot of my bed, and I could see through her hand, but, um, but I could feel her touch, and she was blue in color. And uh, so I told my wife at the time about that also. Okay, now I want to let you know that uh, no, meeting Jim, talking to him on the phone, he's a very nice man. Uh, I, I, uh, he's very polite and um, he's humble. He has been working his job, uh, both oil fill uh, and, a, and a clerk, uh, intermittently through since 1988. You've always worked just a normal job and you just consider yourself the average guy. Right. You're just a normal guy. I am. Yeah. And when you meet people, if you go into a restaurant or are you go into a store to buy some socks, are people thinking that you're uh, really uh, a weird guy or anything like that? No. Uh -uh. Well, after, before you talk to them. Yeah. I mean, after what happened in 2010, which we'll get to. Right. But before that, no, I, I've known people in that town for a very long time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happened uh, after the, the, the blue personage put her hand on your hand, uh, you had some other experiences. You saw white doves, you saw cats and do cats of different colors, right. things like that. We won't go into that, but in 2004, you had another experience. So this is the third one. What happened then? Okay, I was sitting in my apartment watching television and all of a sudden I'm taken away out of my apartment and I'm falling through the air. And um, all of a sudden, all of these people catch me with their arms extended above their heads. And so they're holding me like this. And um, I'm wondering, why will these people not let me down? What is going on? Why will they not let my feet touch the ground? And I was there about a minute. No words were spoken. And then I was taken away again and I find myself right back in my apartment, sitting there watching television. And I, I just go, whoa, what just happened? How I did mean, you feel after those experiences physically? I, w I was tired after that has happened. Found yourself me. tired? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened in 2010? This is when you got your calls as, and tell the audience what you, your call is. All right, well, um, actually, I am the second coming. Um, but what led up to 2010. It was December the 6th of 2010. Um, I was on my knees praying and I prayed to God and I asked God, are you male? Are you female? Or are you of no gender? And I went to get up off my knees when God spoke to me just and, and said, I am female. And her voice just, her voice sounded like a man's it was deep and thunderous, but at the same time, it had a feminine quality to it. I don't know if you've ever met uh, ladies that have a, a kind of a, a male-sounding voice. And um, 
And I just went, oh my heck, you know. God just spoke to me and God's female. Um, I have to share it with the world. And so my life literally changed at that moment. But what led me up to that prayer is I had been given the honorary position of a fire keep in a sweat lodge for a Native, Ameri for a Native American that I met. And so, um, and I was a member of a 12-step group. And then with my uh, religious upbringing, you know, they speak of God as the broad highway, higher power, he, him, father, you know, but then they also speak of God as mother and, um, you know, Athena. And, and so that's what led me to just wondering, you know, maybe God would give me a sign if I prayed that prayer. Maybe it might be years before I ever get such an answer, but, but she spoke to me at that instant. Hmm. Now, since that time, uh, James, uh, how have you been received? Um, not very well. When that first started happening, obviously I, w I was excited. Um, it was the next day, December the 7th, that I prayed to God and I asked God a question. I said, God, am, am I Jesus? And I, Joseph Smith talks about how he fell under condemnation when before uh, the two beings, personages, appeared to him. That's what happened to me. Same thing. Yeah. And God said, you know, who do you think you are to assume that you would be my son? Jesus, you know. And I felt really bad, too. And I felt the weight of sin, uh, just intense pressure on you. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, actually, you are. You are my son. And you are the second one. Okay. And... Um, so I share. What would you say to the audience to, to, to help them know that you're the second Jesus to be here on the earth? And how can they know that you're the second Jesus? Well, there's, there, there's scriptures that, that speak of my coming. Um, it was on November the 29th. Um, I was at Split Mountain in eastern Utah. It's a dinosaur national monument is where it is. And it's one of my favorite places to go. And... Um, it was on that date that I, uh, a week before God spoke to me, that I, I felt like God was trying to get my attention. There was the most beautiful sunset. And, um, and then, like I said, a week later, she spoke to me. And, um, but I had shared with friends, like you said, how, how have I been welcomed since this happened? Mm -hmm. And I shared with a friend, and she said, you know, Jim, there's no way that you're the second coming, because when he comes back, the Mount of Olives will split, and um, his feet will not touch the ground. The people catch him in the air. And then I knew, not only had God told me I'm the second Jesus, but I knew with, without a doubt then that, yeah, I am. Was and, it because of the mountain that's out there? And yeah, split mountain. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, just as scripture describes it, part of it cleaves to the north, some of it to the south. There's a great valley beneath that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's on the east of Jerusalem, which Salt Lake City is the new Jerusalem. Okay. And, um, you know. So uh, you were able, through your religious experience, to incorporate biblical scripture and apply it to the Americas, even here in Utah, and see the fulfillment of you being the second Christ there with, with a local, right there in Vernal, you're able to apply it. 
Yeah, right? this is the land of Zion. The land of Zion? It really, it truly is. Okay. And, yeah, and the uh, United States of America truly is God's chosen country. Okay. We got it. We're going to go to the phones. We have calls. I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, and then as callers come in, Jim, uh, if they have something for you, we can talk to them. Uh, quickly, in a sentence or two, what do you think of uh, the Bible? Um, parts of it are true. Parts of it are not true. Okay. What, do you, uh, what is the way of salvation? Uh, by the grace of God. Okay. Does that include believing on Jesus Christ? No. No. Okay. Uh, heaven. Um, heaven exists. Yeah. Hell. Not such a thing. In fact, I was born to raise hell. You <laughs> Truly. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Born to raise hell because hell does not exist. I see. Okay. Uh, Jesus. Um, yes, he did die on the cross for the sins of the world up to that moment of his crucifixion. After the sin, after sins were committed, after he died and resurrected, do you believe he resurrected? Oh, yes. After he res died and resurrected, the sins that were committed, then who pays for them? Satan. Satan pays for them. Yeah. And so these are, these are all revelations, knowledge that you've received, and you're from bringing God. it forth from God, who's but, a woman. But Satan, dis uh, I mean, Jesus denied God's true identity. Okay. And Jesus worshiped God's God because God's God is male. Oh, I see. Okay. So all of this you're bringing forward to the world. Exactly. And you receive revelations since you uh, were called in, in 2010, more and more revelations? I do. You do. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you writing them somewhere? Are they on your website? Sometimes and, I write them. Mm -hmm. And you're starting a church? Yes. Okay. You started one in Vernal, and you're starting a second one here in Salt Lake. Right. Uh huh. But I've, all the same church. Right. Well, I've tried to get the LDS church. You know, the LDS church is God's chosen church. Okay. And I've tried to get the LDS church leadership to hear uh, God's message, but um, um, I've written them letters, and and I've gone to Temple Square, but they have told me um, if I want to to discuss. A scripture or my beliefs, I need to stand across the street on the sidewalk that I can't do it on church property, but I'm welcome to come there. I so, see. But, it, you know, God's temple needs to be opened up to the world. Everyone, everyone is welcome to, to worship and praise God. Are you trying to get that message to LDS? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. James, I really appreciate that. Stay here. Listen, uh, right. really nice to meet you. Thank you for being on the program. You bet. Uh, I would love our LDS viewers to call in and explain a couple things to me. First of all, uh, are James' revelations acceptable? Why are they acceptable or why are they not? He has, I mean, in terms of a person, he's a very affable per person. He's kind. Uh, he's not intrusive. He believes he has, uh, fully believes, we've talked about this, believes he's received revelation. Angels have come to him, and even God has come to him, and he's learned new things about God that the world has not known before. He receives revelation now for the world. And uh, what are the differences between James' experience and Joseph Smith? If this was 1830 and television existed at that time, and I was doing a television show at that time about some who knows what event, and I was able to have Joseph Smith stand here, and he was able to reveal his revelations that he was receiving. Uh, what would you say to him if you were a Christian at that time? Would you say, I'm not going to believe in, in him at all? He's, he's, he's uh, crazy. I'm sure you've been told you're crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I want to know, this is called epistemology. 
and it's called How Do We Know What Truth Is? Because I gotta tell you, I'm gonna tell you honestly, if I did not believe in the Bible and I was searching for truth and I was really just kind of out there listening to whoever and I sat down with James, his reasoning makes about as much sense as Mormonism, his reasoning makes about as much sense as Catholicism, as every other ism or ist, and so, but I have another thing that I go by, and what I would do is I would take James' well-meaning messages, every word he said, and I would go to this, this book right here, and I would say, let me see what this says. And this is how I, I base it. But I want to know from the LDS how you do it, and why your inspired leaders and your revelation is superior to his. So uh, let's clear the phone calls of anybody who, has, uh, who is not a first-time caller. Uh, and uh, we dislike the LDS and or first-time callers, please. Um, so uh, really quickly, we're going to just read a few things. We just knocked out all the phone lines, and they're going to take anybody who's a first-time caller. Jim, anything else you can think of now, and then I'm going to go to read a few emails. Well, yeah, I'd like to share God's uh, name with everyone. Her, okay. na her name is KK, and she spells it C-A-E-C-A-E. -E. And, um, you know, you have a direct relation to God. And God knows your heart. She cares about you. She hears your prayers. And she answers them according to her will for you in your life. That's a very kind message, isn't it? It is. It's nice God for someone to kind. hear that God hears their prayers and cares about them and loves them. Yes. Yeah, and it's very, it's very influential, I have to admit. You know, and so, uh, and I would agree, God does care, and God does hear his prayers, although Jim and I have some differences in terms of uh, who we're talking about, but we agree right. on that, that right. we can disagree. Um, anyway, please call in and let us know what you think. Connie Radden has a blog, and she gave us an interesting quip by LDS Apostle Boyd K. Packer. Um, Brother Elder Ap 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 Apostle Packer said, uh, quote, we do not hear of the priesthood keys being exercised in other Christian churches. It seems odd that we are described by some as being non-Christian when we are the only ones who have the authority and the organization that he established, end quote. I want you to know that the LDS, uh, they're taking two tacks now. And it's interesting to watch in the, in the media, the social media, how it's going. As uh, a Mormon candidate draws closer to the Oval Office, Mormons have been up to this point swearing they're Christian, we're Christian, we're Christian. But slowly we're starting to see a little bit of an offensive. And we're starting to see them come out and start to say, you know, we're tired of trying to prove ourselves Christian. In fact, in the New York uh, Times, an op-ed article, June 12th of 2012, it reads, thanks to Mitt Romney, a Broadway, a Broadway hit and a relentless marketing campaign by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormons seem to be everywhere. This is the so-called Mormon moment, a strange convergence of developments offering Mormons hope that the Christian nation that persecuted, banished, or killed them in the 19th century will finally love them as fellow Christians. I want to be on record about this, says the writer. I am as genuine a Mormon as you'll find a temple goer with a Utah pedigree and an administrative position in a congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I am also emphatically not Christian. Not a Christian. 
For the curious, the dispute can be reduced to Jesus. Mormons assert that because they believe Jesus is divine, they are Christians by default. Christians respond that because Mormons don't believe in accordance with the Nicene Creed promulgated in the fourth century, that Jesus is also the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's a lie. That Jesus, the Jesus that Mormons have in mind is someone else altogether. The Mormon reaction is incredulity. Excuse me. The Christian retort is exasperation. Rinse and repeat. I am confident I am not the only person, Mormon or Christian, who's had enough of the acrimonious niggling from both sides over the nature of the Trinity, the authority of creeds, the significance of grace and works, the union of Christ's divinity and humanity, the real color of God's underwear. I'm perfectly happy not being a Christian. My Mormon fellows, most of whom will argue earnestly for their Christian legitimacy, will scream bloody mur uh, murder if I don't represent them. I don't. They don't represent me either. I'm with Henry Emerson Fosdick, the liberal Protestant minister and former pastor of the Riverside Church of Manhattan, who wrote that he would be, quote, ashamed to live in this generation and not be a heretic. Being a Christian so often involves such boorish and mean-spirited behavior that I marvel that any of my Mormon colleagues are so easy to join the fold. Um, he goes on and he lambasts, lambasts uh, Christianity. And I would suggest, he says in here, Christianity, I mean, Mormonism is the fourth uh, Abrahamic religion. Judaism, Islam, Christianity, and Mormonism being the fourth. And they're going to begin to separate themselves once they have these high positions of power, and they're going to start distancing themselves from the evangelical right once the evangelical right has done what they want them to do. Okay, we are going to go to Laura in Ogden, first-time caller. Laura, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Um, I just would like to ask that Johnson guy why he thinks he was the one chosen to have these revelations. Well, God chose me. You have to turn your TV down, Laura. Oh, it's not even on. <laughs> well, what's playing in the background? What is that, Laura? Okay, is that better? Uh, yeah. So okay. an answer again. Yeah, hi, Laura. Uh, God. Hi. God hey, yeah, I just would like to uh, know why you, or if you have any idea why you were the one chosen for these miraculous things. Well, God told me that the reason she chose me was because I'm friendly. Because you're friendly. I, that's what she said. But she chose me. It's not nothing of my doing. It just, uh... Why did, jo why did God choose Joseph Smith? Laura? Uh-huh. Why did God choose Joseph Smith? I have no idea. That I, I don't know why God does what God does. God is everything same answer james has the same answer god chose him he doesn't know why he thinks it's because he's friendly maybe that's what she told me she told him it's because he's no. friendly okay well i just i just find it interesting he's he's yes. a very unique character and i oh, enjoyed well, listening to his story well thank you, you would you follow him 
Um, I don't know. I'd have to check out a little more about him. I would probably go to a couple meetings and see what it's like. But How would you determine if what he's telling you is true or not? But Laura, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Can I don't I, know. If I could, Laura, please don't follow me, though. You listen to my message, but don't follow me. Um, well, I, I, believe, you know I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. I, well, I believe in him, too, also. I mean, I know he lived as a I mean, you, you can't look around on uh, the world and believe that it just happened. Yeah. There is a greater power. I can't understand it, but I know it's out there. Thank you for your call, Laura. You take care. Okay, thanks. Okay, bye-bye. We're going to Denise in Salt Lake City. Denise, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Hi. Well, I wanted to call because I have always believed that God was a woman. Okay. And I've never really had anyone but jokingly agree with me on that. And um, if you're well, wondering why I think God is a woman, is because <laughs> is because we're organized. We we. Um, just, well, you know what, Denise. Get certain things done. I don't think done. that it is necessarily. Um, strength as much as it is sometimes organizing and intellect and compassion and understanding. And so I've just always had the feeling that God was a woman or God was directed by women. Okay, before James comments on that, Denise, I have always had the feeling that I was going to marry Brooke Shields. Always. <laughs> now, how... how what? Your feelings, I, 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 I get your feelings, you know, and I see how your logic comes in because the world is so organized. And, but, you know, how do you validate or how do you see if what you believe is true is true? How, how can you describe, describe a color to a blind person? Describe a flavor to somebody? Well, you can't. Taste. So you're saying you're saying well, I can't answer that. I don't know. Okay, so it's just that you know. I don't know that. No, okay, I don't belief. know that. I'm not saying that I have the answer. Oh, okay. All I'm saying is this is the first time I've ever heard anybody You have a follower. Say this publicly without kind of joking about it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, he, the, the Jews do believe that God is both male and female. Elohim is a plural, and it does include, of course, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus in the Trinitarian view, but the Jews believe that he is the essence of both. In fact, one of his names, I think it's Jehovah Jireh, is the many-breasted one. And it, mean, it means that he is the provider of, of nourishment uh, and, and providence to the world. So it's, it's not unheard of in biblical understanding to think that he has a feminine side. It also proves that Mormonism's idea that he's anthropomorphically made and has a penis and things, we discard that completely. I, God created male and female, so obviously he, 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 and we're, he created us in, in the, the parts that we're supposed to be, and he pulled from his vast, endless knowledge of how to do that, so I would think that he has all characteristics and attributes present. James. Well, thanks. Um, Denise, if I could, um, God revealed to me that actually females are the dominant gender. Okay. You're popular yep. with the girls, aren't you? <laughs> That's well, just I'll right. Say. Uh, well, but they, the, they the truly are, is, but, it, but it's... A, it's, not, um, it's, it's not that I think that one is, 
is is more dominant than the other one. Well, God told me that, so that's how it is. But I grew but, up, you know, knowing I am a girl. I am, you know. I am woman. Hear me roar. Oh, but, I'm sorry. Um, but there, there's a sign after God spoke to me on uh, in uh, 2010. God gave me, pointed me to um, a mountain that we know of as U um, Hill in Vernal, and it's on the west side of town. And she, she showed that to me, and it's actually a lady, a female, anyway, God does not call herself a lady or a woman, she's female. But there is a, a woman laying on the top of the mountain, and you can clearly see her face, her breasts, her, her uh, stomach, and she's with child, and as a matter of fact, the U is right on the, the, the mountain, or the part where the, her stomach is, which signifies me, and her legs, and her feet. And I've so, seen that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but I never knew that. I've lived there all those years. God directed me to that. So. I, and I was told that it was an, an Indian girl who laid down and died because her, you well, guys want to get together you know afterward what? for drinks? But, I mean, but you know what? Really, that might you might have read what the the story that I created about it, um, um, the goddess on the mountain. And okay, it was something like Listen, that. But I've, I have to I have, I have to rally this I've in. Seen it. I have to rally this in because the show is about epistemology, how we know, not whether the uterus is there in the mountain or not. So I, I, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying we can go on and on about our ideas of what truth is and what we see in clouds and mountains. But the key is how do we know what truth is? Because what you are saying, Denise, and what James has said and what Joseph said and what, uh, what uh, Jim Jones said and what David Koresh has said and what Muhammad said, all of them are pulled and they are God speaking to them. And here's the revelation. Believe it because it's God. But didn't he give us anything that we could substantiate his truth upon? For instance, why does Jesus always refer to the uh, to God as Father? Um, because he was well, he was worshiping God's higher power. Okay, but um, God is my mother, and God was Jesus's mother. But he he was really had a hard time with worshiping a female, and he knew. I, I think you do have to refer to the Bible, though. Uh, um, but you do. But, that's why. I do. I absolutely do think you have to refer to the Bible. Thank you, Denise. And, I, and, and not referring to the Bible, I think, I, I don't believe is, okay. is um, goes, 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 against, goes against how I choose to believe. Okay. Also. No, we got to go. James Denise, thank you. James service by not writing everything down. Write everything down, James. Okay. Thank, okay, you. thank you, Denise. We are going to Lonnie. Question for James. James, you got another question. Go ahead, Lonnie. Yes, this is uh, Lonnie, and I totally disagree with James, uh, the guest there with Sean. Is it Sean? Yeah, I'm Sean yeah. and James, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I believe that Satan has angels also. Uh, I've talked to you several times, I've been to your show, and I have, in the past, gone through some really hard times. And I, too, have heard the voice of God, but it was very soft and very gentle, and it helped me through 
a very difficult time, and I do believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lonnie, the question isn't what do we all believe? The question is how do you know your beliefs are better than James? Because I don't believe in any man-made religion. I believe that by the grace of God is that... Um, it's really a difficult situation, but I, I definitely, because I have been helped and saved so many times by the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know it's Him. Okay, Lonnie, the, 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 the testimony building, I, I appreciate it. I would agree with it, but you got to understand, this is not the point, because James knows God has spoken to him. She has spoken to him in a soft voice, too, and he, she has led him. Two. So how do we establish what is true? That's the question. But God is not okay. God is not going to turn God is not going to turn her back upon you. God never Smith turned her back upon me. Well, his the, Joseph Smith's uh, thing in the forest is just as valid with his arguments as yours are right now on the show what you've said and James are. I want to say look at I've got a historical book that has been proven over and over and over again, and anything any of you say, I'm going to open this book and see what it says. But no one's calling and saying... I agree with that, and that's what I do. I've got uh, the old King James and the new King James All right. here right beside me, and if I need an answer to something, I look it up, and I find it in there. Good. It's Thank you, Lonnie. We're going... Never we're... let me down. Okay, perfect. We're going to Michael and Sandy. He's LDS. Michael, you're on the air. Michael? Yeah? You're on the air. I know your name isn't Michael, but go ahead. Oh, hey. Um, yeah, my name is Michael. Okay. Hey, um, yeah, I just have a question for James, is it? Yes. yes. Hi, Michael. Hey. Um, yeah, Jesus came to us with a, a whole philosophy behind him, and I was just wondering, do you just um, completely believe in Jesus' philosophy, or has God given you any kind of new philosophy of any kind? Um, when you say philosophy, what, what are you speaking specifically like about? Jesus is, he who is without sin shall cast the first stone, like all of that stuff, like everything that's in the Bible about Jesus. No, I, I don't believe, every, I did, I used to believe, um, but Jesus never walked on water, and uh, Jesus never fed a thousand people with, with loaves of bread. Um, you know, Jesus was a sinner. Um, God told me that. Yeah. So I, I want to know, LDS, again. So Jesus is a lie is through, said through the Bible. Okay, no. Michael, are you LDS? Yeah. Okay, I want to know something, Michael. You've got to tell me. Why would you discount James, if you are, why would you discount what James is saying and accept what Joseph is saying when both of them, what they've said, go against what the Bible says? I what? didn't know Joseph has said things against the Bible. Oh, he does. He says a lot of things against the Bible. He says Jesus has a beginning. The Bible says he has no beginning. He says Jesus was, was created in a pre-existence and all of us live there. We have no pre-existence. He's from above. We're from beneath. I mean, that's just two off out of hundreds. Sure. So I want to know why you believe in Joseph's revelations and they came from the very same place as James's did. Why do you believe in Joseph's, but you will question James about his? Um... Hmm, because 
Well, I mean, basically, I think they're both bullshit, so I'm not really Mormon. Oh, you you wrecked it, dude! I thought you were gonna you were gonna be a real Mormon. I, I, I you told us you were. That was a lie. But uh, Sean, if I may, um, we're gonna let you go, non-Mormon Nick, Mike. Um, Jesus may have had a pre-existence. I have not asked God about that, but um, uh, God does have the gift of reincarnation. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you, James. All right. If God gives you a revelation mm -hmm. and says. And I'm just saying, if she did, mm -hmm. you need to kill your neighbor. If she did, uh -huh. you're going to listen. Um, no, God would not tell me that. Okay. But God has told you Jesus was a sinner. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you see how you, you used to be a Christian? Yeah. And you used to believe what the Christian teachings were about Jesus. Uh -huh. Walking on water, miracles. You know what? If God told me to kill my neighbor, and that was a commandment of God's, I probably would not do it, and then I would suffer this, the, the, the consequences of not obeying God. Okay, interesting. What would happen? This is his philosophy yeah. that someone called and wanted to know about. Uh, anonymous apostate asks, used to be a talk show host, thinks this is genius. Oh, well, good. Good job. We have a good partnership. <laughs> Listen, uh, we got someone from Provo. What line is that? Line three, Bryce. You're on the air, Bryce. Hi, um, I just had a comment I wanted to make uh, to uh, your guest on the show. Yes. Uh, the reason why I don't believe that he's telling the truth is uh, because of what the Word of God says, what the Bible says. And, uh, you know, because God says in His Word that God the Father is, He's neither male nor female, He's spirit. And those who worship Him need to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So if what He's saying right now, it's just sounds like a total contradiction to me and God isn't a God of contradiction he doesn't contradict himself so I just want to make that comment first of all that God I mean if he's telling the truth then what this guy is saying is an absolute lie and he also needs to be careful of uh, the devil disguises himself as an angel of light and I just wanted wanted to make that comment first of all is it uh, stay on the line, Bryce? We only have two minutes. Do you is it possible, James, that when you're in your bedroom, mm -hmm. that that blue angel mm -hmm. was satanic? No. How do you know? Because God told me. But you remember, Satan uh, tells us things too. So how do you tell the difference, my friend? Because God told me, and the, I see signs, Sean. I know you see signs, but those mm -hmm. signs we can see signs everywhere, and Satan but, can produce good signs too, can he? Not anymore. He's destroyed. But have you, haven't you concocted that? Don't you believe he's here to trick us? No. No, he's destroyed. Yeah. He's, he's destroyed. So it's only God ruling now. Is yeah. that, mm -hmm. And so but all evil's... the things you see are going to be good. From... No, but evil still exists. Okay. Yep. James, and we're... evil exists in heaven. Uh, evil exists in heaven even. Okay. Yep. I want you to know, James, that even though I've given you airtime, because you really bring a very important point to what we do here, mm -hmm. and that is subjective beliefs that people have subjective experiences that you have had. And you're a very nice man. I love you like my brother, okay? Okay. But um, you are wholly, wholly been misled. Mm. And it's because what God says here, and he, this word is true. If you can get back to that and see that, you will see that you've been misled by, by things that are not good. Sean, can I? Uh, you can. I'll okay. let you have the final moment. Oh, we only great. have 10 I, seconds. That's great. Read the book of Revelation 
Um, the chapters in Revelation describe God and it describes the second coming. And, you know, Jesus was actually the Antichrist. Wow, what a note to end on. I want you to know he's Lord and Savior. He'll save you if you go to him. See you next week. Mm -hmm.